0: Family from the Heart Podcast, episode number 54. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft.
1: I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft.
0: Today, we're going to be doing an interview... This week, I think this is the first time we've ever done an interview for Family from the Heart.
1: Um, I think it is. Well, we had Daryl.
0: Did we have Daryl? Yeah, we um, had Daryl join us once, didn't Was that Spittany. an
1: interview or just.
0: I can't remember.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: Stephanie, why don't you tell folks what we're going to be doing today in this podcast episode?
1: Okay. <laughs> we are. Um... We are doing nothing but you, however, will be interviewing Mark Warnke. Yes, the author of Ono oh Options Not Obligations, which is a book about enriching your personal life by rethinking your financial life. Okay. and seems like a really good book. I've read the intro, the introduction so far and look forward to reading the rest, but I have not yet read the book.
0: And why haven't you read the book yet?
1: Because you hog the book.
0: <laughs> we just got the book. I think like two or three days ago. Yeah,
1: it came in the mail at the Actually, end of no, last it came, week.
0: It came in over the. It came in Friday because yeah. I had it at Matt's soccer game. That's when, That's when I, I it, read the intro uh, at the end of last
1: week. And um,
0: if you were to describe the book outside of just in your in your own words, outside of what's on the front cover, there, how would you describe what the contents of the book is supposed to be about? I
1: don't. Know. That's putting me on the spot.
0: But you should know this. Why? Because you just heard the interview. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: All you were busy running down your list of things you could be doing otherwise. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I was. Seriously, this tell people this is a book about being an entrepreneur.
1: It's a book about being an entrepreneur and putting your family first. We are so um we are so we, being the American people, are so, um, our thoughts are so consumed with our finances and everything revolves around our finances. But I think this, um, this book is trying to change your, your thinking about that. And so that your decisions are made, um, based on your family's needs, not your financial needs. Right. Is that, is that right? Yes. Okay. And the, um, and I, I love, it's options, not obligations. We have um, you know in the interview, he says that um, these are not his exact words, but he says, um, choice is the essence of human nature, and um, we all want to have choices. And the truth is is that we have choices. It's just a matter of um, what you do with those choices.
0: right and, and and exactly. and so when when you think about our lives. When we own a car and when, you know, if if we own a brand new car, we have an obligation to pay a car payment. Right. Uh, When we go out and sign up for a two year contract on, you know, direct TV service or something like that, we have an obligation. Obligation. Uh, Whereas if we if we think about it, we ask ourselves the questions, is this something we want to be obligated to? well then then it doesn't have to be that way we have an option here to choose from but not only that but there there comes a time when you can get yourself and your family to a financial situation where it's an obligation it's not an obligation to have a car it's an option i i can have this or i can choose not to have this and and that's the desire of the author i believe is to get families to a financial place And that that financial place doesn't have a magic number per se, such as you know. For some people, they can experience at forty thousand. Some Mm -hmm. can experience uh, these options at four hundred thousand. But the the number doesn't matter. You can experience a lifestyle of making uh, having financial decisions being options and not obligations. And uh, no
1: matter what your annual income.
0: Exactly. Tell tell us about you know what you think uh, from the interview that they're about to hear is there was, what is it that drew you in? Cause you said you want to read the book now more than you did before. What, what is it that kind of as, as the wife of somebody who is self-employed, what is it that appeals to you about this book?
1: Anything? I don't know. I think that, I don't know. I guess I'm thinking that maybe reading the book will give me a better insight into where your mind is going. Um, I, I've, sometimes feel like you're on a whole different ball field than I am. (laughs) But, um, so I think that that, but I'm really interested in what it has to say overall. Not, I don't think I can pinpoint any one thing, but, um, in the, in the interview, he says, you were just talking about, um, it's, it's about, getting people to a financial place, not necessarily making millions of dollars, but a mindset so that you can live a certain way, no matter what your income is. But, um, Okay, so he says there are there are so many things out there that'll teach you how to make millions and millions of dollars, but nobody's teaching you how to be you know the the forty thousand dollar people and nobody's teaching you how to be the two thousand dollar people you know most people never have more than two thousand dollars in their checking account at any one time and um and so I liked that i'm I'm intrigued by that and I, I oops sorry like to find out more about
0: how how changing does-
1: my mindset. You know, I'm the one who does, you're the one down here slaving yourself away, you know, making the money, but I'm the one who has to keep it under a certain, a, a certain amount in the spending department. You know, you're down here making it, but I'm the one who's spending it all. And, um, not that I'm blowing it, but it it is my hand that, that passes the card through, um, you know, through the checkout. But, so, changing, um... I think changing my mindset on he says he says American people we don't have an earning problem we have a spending problem and changing the way that you think when you're spending you know do I need this is this something I want or is this something that I need and um, and I think that that would help in every aspect of my shopping whether it be shopping for um, clothes for the kids or grocery for the cabinets or whatever it may be you know.
0: And and th- did I
1: really need to buy that candy bar yesterday? That's upstairs in the freezer for tonight. When I'm you know sitting down to watch TV, probably not. Right. You know. Right. How does that affect my my family in the long run?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And and of course, a candy bar it seems like such a small thing to think about. And yeah. and but but those those candy bars can add up. But but thinking about you know, do I really need this? And insert something that cost a couple hundred dollars. You know, something that is definitely something. Well, that's
1: you spending those. I don't normally spend those now. (laughs) Hey, now. (laughs) And you always come up with really good excuses as to why you need them.
0: Yeah, I know. You and I have always had, up until until recently, we've always had, in our early marriage, a very bad spending problem.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, It was out of control. When you had
1: a spending problem, I had a following problem.
0: Yeah, you, I had a spending problem. You said you had, I had a
1: matching problem.
0: You had a matching problem. That's it's like, I listen, had. how much is that if new computer? you would computer? have never
1: spent anything, I would have never spent anything. How
0: much is that new computer? It's $850. Well,
1: I will take something of equal or greater value. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's exactly
0: how it worked out. And that did not work out too well for us, did no, it? No, that
1: didn't. And so uh, thank, well under those.
0: thank goodness for Dave Ramsey coming along when he did. And uh, Stephanie rolls her eyes. <laughs> but no (laughs) he did help change our mind absolutely about the spending and about what debt is and and stuff like that and it it changed
1: our mind changed our the way we think about it that's what I mean and I think that, that that reading this book will will build upon the principles that we've already put into place
0: that's that's exactly it and of course you said that you know recently it seems like you and I are in two different thought planes when it comes to where the future of this business is going and that's because over the last two weeks, I've been reading some books that have just really revolutionized the way that I'm thinking about business.
1: And some of them I have no interest in reading.
0: Right. Like but th- this one I do. Exactly. Think and gro- Grow Rich is a book that I'm reading right now that is amazing. At least the first chapter is. And that's all I've gotten through so far. <laughs> but, but, it, and, and I already podcasted about that episode or that first chapter in the introduction over at uh, MyCrazyLifePodcast.com uh, if you want to check it out. And it's just amazing how many different things that are going through my head. And it all has to do with the way we think about things. And it it all goes back to episode one of Family from the Heart. And that's why I really thought that bringing Mark in for this interview would go in with with what we talk about here is because we've always talked about the fact that the reason we want Family from the Heart is because it puts our family on the table for conversation on a weekly basis. You know, I, I desired nothing more than to get to the place where I am being the husband I want to be and the father I want to be. And there are times when I get glimpses of, yeah, this is, we're working down the right path and I'm much better today than I was months ago, but, uh, I still have a long way to go. And I think that this book is going to help inspire some, some new thoughts. And I loved what he said about, you know, when you make a financial decision, you, you look at this purchase and and before you think okay how how is this going you know how much is this going to cost what is the obligation and is that worth more than what it's going to cost as far as the sacrifice of time and energy or money and resources to do things with my family that's huge and that's exactly Absolutely. what you were just talking about even in even in the smallest thing like a Hershey bar that yep exactly why do you suppose he says at the end of in the, at the end of the interview which you're about to hear um that that women seem to buy this book more than men?
1: I don't know. I honestly don't know without knowing without knowing their story. I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I I think if I had to guess
1: I think because women are more family focused. I think so. Than men are. I think so. Men are and I don't mean this with any disrespect or um or judgment but but men are more money focused more um providing focused yeah, where women want we to have nurture. this idea you have that yeah we, yeah, and we have this idea of what we You know, what the I have an idea in my mind of what the hours of five and eight should look like in our house. Mm -hmm. They don't look anything like that. And it's probably, um, you know, so far away from any expectation that I could expect that, you know, we'll never even come close.
0: Well, uh, go ahead, finish your thought.
1: But, um, But women are, are we're more family focused. And so I think that that is probably why the book is, is appealing to women more.
0: Right. And, and I, I, and I want to uh, piggyback off of what you just said there, because I want to tell you, I des- what you, what you see and what you desire for our family look, life to look like Monday through Friday from five o'clock to eight o'clock, believe it or not, I desire to desire that. And and I'm I'm just being real and I'm being honest. I'm a workaholic and, 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 I am, and if there's anything that I'm learning by reading the Four Hour Work Week, which I, I have to say this every time, I have no desire right, to work a four hour work week. I love working too much, but if I can get it down to forty, that'd be great. Um, and so, you know, from reading the Four Hour Work Week, from bring, from reading just the introduction to Think and Grow Rich, from just hearing, uh, from reading Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love, and listening to the Dan Miller Forty Eight Days podcast, from reading just the first five chapters of the book of this author that we're about. Ready to uh, interview uh, from all of these things, one of the things that God has clearly laid on my mind is that the way our family looks like right now between the hours of five o'clock and eight o'clock are not what God intends for me as a husband and as a father and it is my desire, strong desire to change that mm-hmm. and and it's books like um, Ono, oh you know options not are yeah options not, not obligations. obligations it's 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 through books like this that god is actually really speaking to my heart through very valuable principles and ways of thinking that's getting my mind where it needs to be cuz i don't know if you've noticed tell me have, have you noticed just a very um uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Intentional. Okay. Times that I've spent with my kids. Have you Have you yeah. seen that? No,
1: absolutely, I have. Like,
0: yeah. I, Do you tell? Can you can Did you see what happened when I was on my way down here today? Just Just you now? sat
1: on the steps and and it, read. Tell a book the story to though.
0: What What well, happened?
1: Um, my, you were coming downstairs, and McKenna wanted you to read her a book, and you told her no, and she said please and you said no i've got to go and she said but please it's just a book and um anyway her her adorableness won out and you sat down and you read her a book and and then you guys i think you talked about it for a few minutes mm-hmm. i don't know but um
0: that's exactly yeah. it and, and 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 see here's the thing Bef- and we i had already spent some time with, you know, in her presence, you know, we right. were together, Um, you know, we had some conversation and stuff like that. But what she really wanted
1: was for you to read her that book. was for
0: me to read that book. And she, of course, she didn't express that she wanted me to read that book. It's a until,
1: pretty cheesy book, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Until she until actually, no, I liked it. Did you? Yeah, because it, it it's okay. very simple and, and I like the cutout of it. But anyway, uh, she presented the idea of me reading that book as I was done as you
1: were, right. with
0: the time that I said I'm going to spend up here okay now I need to go and I really need to get started on my day and she's like but dad will you read this book to me and I'm like but honey now it's time for daddy to go to work but daddy this book and, and I'm and I'm like and I'm looking it's like you know what I'm thinking what do I have to do downstairs you know what I am going to read you this book and so by golly I did sit down on there we went through page by page I didn't rush through it we we looked at all the pictures and all the different things, and then we sat down and had a conversation, and and then I came downstairs. And, and before that, she, was, she, was, she had given Daddy a hug. She goes, you won't get a kiss today. You just get a hug. <laughs> but after I read the book, she's like – She clung to you. She clung to me, and she gave me a kiss, and she said, thank you, Dad. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. And see that so it's uh, this book and other and it's not just this book, but there are all these other books. And what God has been really laying on my heart through all of this and through the past fifty three episodes of Family from the Heart is that those moments are what I want my life to be about. One of the things we did not talk about in the interview that people are about to hear, uh, but I did hear him. Me, or see him mentioned slightly in the book and also uh, he mentioned in his interview with Carrie over at Words to Mouth um, is this idea of writing your um, eulogy. Okay, And it's something that he read from another book, I think from Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I have not yet read that book. But anyway, um, he recounts the fact that that was, a, that was a life-changing thing for him to actually write his eulogy because when you write your eulogy, you're probably not going to, you know, what do you want people to say about you and your life after you're gone? You're probably not going to mention your net worth. Right. You're going to, he was a husband that loved, he was a friend, he was a father that, that cared for, that nurtured, that, that took time to explain and to, to invest and, and to, to grow those, those children. And he was a friend that was giving and caring and kind and, when it you come to so this idea of writing a eulogy thinking about these things and so just all of these different ways of thinking that puts your life into perspective and and so i've been reading an entire genre of books that help me think differently about life and specifically right now about business because i never went to i didn't go to college i i've never had business 101 I've never taken any kind of an accounting classes. I've never done, I, all of this stuff is brand new to me. But, so I, I've, I, I really enjoy the fact that there are so many books out there that help understand what it is to be an entrepreneur. And I really love the fact that this book, and what appeals to me, is that it really hones in and keys in on this idea of being uh, not just an entrepreneur, but a family first entrepreneur, making business decisions where you think about how is this going to profit my family before you consider how it's going to profit my business. Business. So with that. Hey, Mark, welcome to Family from the Heart.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Stephanie and I uh, have been taking a look at your book ever since that you sent it over here. And I got to tell you, I'm not the type of person who really gets into a physical hard copy of a book. But um, you're right when you emailed me back and said, you know, if you really get in there, this one's going to go through pretty quickly. I want to thank you for the short chapters, by the way. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, you can thank my editor for that. I'm I'm a long-winded writer. I'm a Captain Run on, but uh, you know, luckily for me, I had really good, knowledgeable people around me, which is you know just such a skill set for for any writer or entrepreneur.
0: Well, Stephanie and I both read the introduction together, and I will tell you that your book just resonates with us so extremely well. If I'll tell you what, rather than allow me to do it, I would love for you just in a couple paragraphs, couple sentences here. How would you describe this book to our listeners?
2: Um, you know, I think there's two core messages in Ono. Um, you know, and I also think the subtitle, uh, you know, really enhances it. Well, it's you know, enrich your personal life by rethinking your financial life. Um, You know, the two core messages in ONO, and ONO is the acronym for options, not obligations. ONO is also the Hawaiian word for delicious. And so what we're looking to create is a delicious life. And the the lifestyle of trying to create options, not obligations, um, is where your financial obligations are less um, than your financial options. And when you keep a gap in there, what it does is allow you to harvest the thing that we want most, uh, which is is time. The second, and that leads in, by the way, to the second very strong core message in Ona, which is the message uh, to be a family-first entrepreneur. Um, family-first entrepreneur's greatest asset and one that they can never recover once it's gone is also time. Um, one of the statements I make in the book is that children spell love, T-I-M-E, and those are... Those fleeting moments that we can never recapture. The cool part is, is you can structure a lifestyle, an entrepreneurial lifestyle, uh, to uh, support that as a strategy. We can actually make our finances get what we truly want out of life. Which, when we get down to the end, it's not going to be about net worth, toys in the garage, or you know the shiny stuff we wear. It's going to be about the people we saw, how we grew as human beings, the spirituality that we were able to explore and uh, the people that we love, those are going to be the juicy moments at the end. And uh, we have to... Ono is about developing a lifestyle and a methodology and a business model that helps to support that.
0: Gotcha. Now, one of the things that I really love, and, and, and you have this new term that I had not heard before, but it just makes sense in it, and it's definitely what God's been laying on my heart, uh, is, first of all, the word... Let, let's start with the word entrepreneur, because you have described in the book the word entrepreneur in a way that I've not heard it described before because in the past my my con- my concept of the word entrepreneur was somebody who is self-employed, has uh, you know, they have their own either an LLC, their their tax status is such that they are a business or, or something of that nature H- explain how you describe the word entrepreneur in the book
2: well, you know, it, it, it's funny, I think what the way I describe it is the fact that as long as, as long as you basically are mindful of an additional stream of income. So that would include an entrepreneur being somebody who had a full-time job and had a 401k or a full-time job and uh, ran a side business on the weekends, uh, you know, doing something else, even two jobs in a row. All it is is somebody who stays mindful of different ways to bring in income. And, what that does is that that helps us to all feel empowered to be entrepreneurial because the previous definition as the one that you've had um, makes people think that they have to have a storefront and uh, all those complications that make it feel scary. And what I would like to do is to try to just change how people think uh, uh, in terms of entrepreneurism and and I, I was curious actually to ask you how what you took from it when you read that section on what, how you felt? Ono oh, defined entrepreneur. Did I encapsulate it there, or did I, you get another connotation?
0: Well, no, that, I think you got it most on the. The big thing is is that an entrepreneur is not somebody who doesn't work for somebody else. Uh, an entrepreneur. You see, the thing is, is when I when I thought of myself, it's like, oh, I, I could never be an entrepreneur. But when you define it your way as just anybody who hit who is seeking an additional stream of income from some other source outside of. You know, or, or well, just outside of any other source, multiple streams th- that defines an, an entrepreneur so when I was working as an insurance agent and I was doing podcasting on the side, for example and, and, and it was a ho- when it was still a hobby for me, sure, I was making some income. I had some sponsors from some different various companies who were paying money. I had um, other sources of revenue coming in from some consulting work that I was doing just part time but I but I definitely never would have considered myself to be an entrepreneur just doing that stuff as a hobby and on the side.
2: Right, right. And, and an entrepreneur, by Ono's definition, could be something as simple as somebody who buys a fixer-upper in lieu of potentially selling it someday. That is the entrepreneurial mindset where when you make transactions, you're looking for ways to create additional income. So... Anybody who owns a home in America and has a job and is mindful of the potential resale value and structuring the mortgage and in, in, in mindfulness of that is an entrepreneur. So you know, I I believe it's just like the old day old thing where people say, you know, I'm 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 horrible at sales. I don't want to do sales. I'm not a salesman. Well, the reality is, is everybody is selling themselves every day, day in day out, in some way or another. And the reality is, as well, is that more people are entrepreneurial already than they believe. And so now we can knock down that wall. Um, ONO um, is, a, is, is an attempt to change how people think. Because if you want to change, if you want to help people to change in a positive way in their life and help to create growth, what you first have to do is change how they think about things. And that's, that's, what, we've, that's what we've done in ONO.
0: Exactly. And, and reading the book, that's one of the things I love. In the, it's either in the introduction or probably in the first chapter. You, you say, hey, this is not a book that's going to give you a step-by-step process on how to become financially independent and wealthy. Uh, th- but instead, it's, like, it's kind of like the analogy, and I love that you use this analogy. We're not going to give you a bunch of fish here. And, you, and, and I love you said, we're not even going to teach you how to fish. We're going to teach you how to think about fishing. Right. I, the, the whole idea of a different way of thinking is, is the really – am I correct in thinking that that's the premise of the entire book?
2: It, it is. You know, the statement in the book is that instead of teaching you how to fish, I'm going to teach you how good fishermen think.
0: There we go. Thank you.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, the reason, the reason that I structured it that way is because in my own life, the mentors who had the biggest influence in my life didn't teach me the how-to. Sure, they talked about the how-to – but the most power and impact they, they gave me was when they told me the stories behind why they made those decisions. Because the fact is, is that if I give people the information on how to, what will happen is is they'll go into that situation and there will be idiosyncrasies and differences unique to them. Both only, not only to their situation, but the deal they're trying to structure, the entities they're working with, the relationships they have. I mean, it's a super amorphous, amoebic entity in any business deal that changes based on location and crime and for which way the wind blows. So if I tell people how to in a step-by-step process, what happens, and I've been in that situation before trying to learn from the how-to thing, is that my situation is unique. So I can't do the rubber stamp. I can't just click it into a system. I have to be able to know how to think about it. And so that was the attempt in ONU was to empower people in how to structure and think about deals and relationships and business and entrepreneurism. And, and that's how we hope to empower them was from that basic, very core level.
0: That is awesome. And, and, and you were just saying that. And, and man, does that just resonate with the consulting work that I've been doing as a podcaster. Uh, people said, Cliff, I want to be able to quit my job. I want to earn an income from my podcasting and I want to build an audience like you have. Can you get, I'd love to hire you for, so you can give me a step-by-step strategy on how I can do that. And, and I always like, no, I don't want your, I, I, this is not a consulting call that I want. <laughs> but, but what I've done is I've said, you know how, how about this, instead of giving you a step-by-step process, because I can't, I'm so unique in what I do, and I'm not even sure you want to do what I do, because you know what, what makes me get up in the morning and say, I cannot wait to start working today and what you know that may be different for you and so you may not want to email people back and forth the way that I do but what I have done is says, let me explain to you my thought process behind the decisions that I've made so I'll share with you not what you should do but I'll share with you what I did and why I decided to do what I did
2: right yeah that's exact that's exactly the premise of ono and and I think that's a really valuable approach for you to take with your clients and people you're trying to Helping and uplift. Because again, there is still that salty part of people being empowered by making their own decisions. You know, I mean, one of the premise of ONO is, is that as humans, we thrive in options. Options are something that when they're around us and we have the ability of choice, I mean, ask any five-year-old or t- two to five-year-old and they'll tell you that their own choices are equivalent to being able to breathe oxygen. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, instinct basic core need of humans to have choice and option and when we're surrounded by obligations which many times systems put on people um, you know it's funny that that relates in this conversation to the basic premise of the book I, I never thought about it that way but in obligations is when that, that that kind of that human need to be standing on our own two feet kind of gets stifled and the creativity is lost the, that juicy part is lost
0: Exactly. So one of the things that I want to thank you for in your book is is the redefining in my mind of what an entrepreneur is, because then what that did for me is it said, you know, for me, when I started when I left my career in insurance and I started my business and and I technically got, you know, I I am now self-employed and and this is my only income. I am out there making it on my own. And, and stuff like that. That's when I thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I'm going out and I'm making it on my own. But with your definition, and, and I totally resonate with it, is that I've been an entrepreneur all along. I've always been mindful. I, I remember back in the days I used to sell this thing on eBay when eBay first came out. On uh, the it was called the eBay Career Kit, and it was it was how to make eBay your career. And I gave them some free software that they could sell. I gave them my software, sell this and, and try this out. And people were buying it. And, and so that was just a way of making some additional income. And I saw some real potential there for it to grow big. And I decided, ah, I better not do that because that's the unknown. And so you talk about fear. Explain, explain how fear keeps us from being an entrepreneur or to, it, it, how the fear stifles us from that mindset.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, fear generally just means you need more information. Um, once you get all the information, then it's fear by itself. So, fear is a reminder that we need to possibly find out more. Um, one way to, there's actually two ways to overcome fear. And, and keep in mind that in my life, and I talk about it in the book, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So, there, I have 16 years of sobriety, and when you're a long term, Uh, committed uh, to the program uh, uh, of recovery, it's a commitment to growth because what we do is we replace, you know, alcoholics treat alcoholism with alcohol. When you pull alcohol out of the equation, you have to replace it with personal growth and spirituality. And so what ends up happening is, is that you become, I have become, quote unquote, an expert because I'm so well read in the area of feelings and personal growth and those sorts of things. And I've had to. Uh, alcoholics in general are over feelers, in quotes, and and those over feelings become really overwhelming. And so we have to figure out compensating mechanisms. And the same thing in entrepreneurism, especially when people are new to it. How do I handle my feelings while this is going on? Because feelings are very poor decision making uh, entities. Feelings don't make good decisions. Logic and information does. And so, but that doesn't mean that. Feelings don't happen; they do, and they're overwhelming. And fear is one of those. So there's two ways I override fear. I override fear with logic and information. What? Here's how I feel. I feel scared, but what do I know? And the know part of that that, that can then help to support the fear that I'm experiencing. Um, I've been in that place with Ono and. I mean, this is all new stuff to me. I never went to writing a book school. I never went to building a, a, a marketing package for a book launch school. All this is brand new. I'm immersed in brand new. I'm, I'm very non-technical, never been online uh, in any type of marketing capacity before this endeavor, um, and now I'm full swing, and, and it's all been new. So I've, I've had to battle fear throughout this entire process. So number one is to battle with the logic. What do I know? So things I back myself up with is I have some of the best experts around me. I have a good team that's there and ready to support me. Here's what we've already done. Here's what we're trying to do. And I, I buffer that fear with information. Secondarily is that I traditionally will put a very big emotional cherry at the end of what I'm trying to do. And that's the whole thing with family-first entrepreneurism. What we've done in both Ono and the family-first entrepreneur is we've taken the passion, and, and I know, Cliff, you're a passionate dad, and, and I know that if I asked you, Cliff, would you hack off your arm if you knew that it would save your son's life, or would you give up your life to, to be in a position to save your child's life? The answer would undoubtedly be no for 99% of parents, or excuse me, yes, for 99% of parents out there, we would do anything to help our kids in the way that they needed if they were in trouble. Well, in that same way, we can put that cherry on top of making good, sound, financial, and entrepreneurial choices. And so what that emotion can do is override things like fear. So we can override things like fear with information and a more powerful emotion. And the cool part about the theme of Ono is we are tapping into one of the most powerful emotions available, which is that parental duty um, that all of us can really touch on and get into. And, and that's why videos like the 936 Week, if, if, you're, if your listeners go onto YouTube and type in 936 Weeks, you only have 936 Weeks with your children in your home. You and I right now commonly blink and it's Thursday or Friday. Weeks flash past. And when we start talking about only having 936 Weeks with our children in our homes... It makes us value each and every week, each and every decision. And it also makes us make lifestyle choices, maybe to not get that shiny new car, but instead get a really nice used car that costs us literally half as much money. And what we do is then we are able to recapture our time because time has to be bought.
0: Absolutely. And and for our listeners, he's Mark here has already... Uh, introduced us into the to, to the next phase of this conversation by, and he's used the word a couple times, if you have a copy of the book, uh, if you don't have a copy of the book, which I don't think you do because it, you're launching on what day, Mark?
2: Today. Oh. Today is the day that we're asking everybody to go online uh, to ownabook.com and get their copy. Um, the Amazon link is there. And uh, today is the launch day. And behind every great book is is a mission, and our mission is to uplift and support Family First Entrepreneurs and stand on that platform of family first as a community.
0: Absolutely. And so, folks, if you don't have a copy of this book, normally in the Family from the Heart, we would not send you to Amazon because of our awesome sponsor over at Mardel.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. However, um, I know that our sponsor has no problem with us uh, saying, hey, go get this book, because I, I ha- happen to believe that the folks at Mark uh, Mardel would be right behind this. In fact, we'll even see if we can not work out a deal, Mark, where you can get into Mardel.com as well. Uh, For the future, but anyway, the the uh, if you when you get your copy of this book, it says Mark Warrenkey on the top of the book, and then it says right underneath "Family First Entrepreneur." And I love the idea that your you know so many self help books, you know, and and you know all these these books about helping you to learn how to think and grow rich and all these other things, you know, it it's so much is focused on the income portion of this. But I love how you say. You know what? It doesn't matter if you're making forty thousand dollars a year or four hundred thousand dollars a year. You can you can achieve options, not obligations, at either level. And I love what you said that you know people who make forty thousand dollars a year who are living without worrying about how much money they're going to make next week, but instead they're they're thinking, you know, hey, I I want to have these financial decisions to be options, not obligations, because what I want to do is I want to put my family first. So explain some of the process or some of the ideas. How in the world do you get to a place where you have enough money that you don't have to worry about it?
2: You know, there's, there's a standard that's been set in the American society. It's a premise that, and a statement that I commonly make that American families do not have an earning problem. What we have is a spending problem. And that spending problem is, is based on a societal definition of what, um, um, not, not wealth necessarily, but just average wealth looks like. If you actually pay attention to the demographics of the average home size from the 60s till now, it's doubled. Um, in fact, it's, it's, it's actually between doubled and tripled, the average home size. So what we've done is we've redefined what, you know, looking better than the Joneses look like. For a lot of people, it's not about competition. It's just that we've set a standard. And so that standard is that we buy a new car every three years, we buy a new home every two or three years, and we buy bigger homes than we can afford. And homes and cars and and possessions and trips, all those things we have defined as a societal standard. And the, the reason I focus on lifestyle so much is I... In the very beginning when I started, I said, I've, how can I help the people who really need the help? Who needs the help? Everybody out there is trying to tell everybody how to be a millionaire tomorrow, but who's telling somebody how to be a 10000 er Who's telling somebody how to be a 1000 er There's a lot of people that have never had more than two or $3,000 ever in a checking account or in an investment account. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you save and invest. If you want Ono and if you want to be able to buy your ability, because you have to buy it to be a family-first entrepreneur, the cool part is you also have the option to save it. And I've seen people in my life that, that again, that make $400,000 a year and aren't even close to Ono. They're, they're literally 90 days away from bankruptcy. I've seen people who make 40000 that live in modest homes, drive modest cars, and they're there with me. At my child's kindergarten class, eating lunch with their kids, too. That's ONO. Oh that's Family First Entrepreneur. And that's structuring the one thing that everybody can do right now, which is making lifestyle adjustments. Now, the key in that is that making lifestyle adjustments feels bad. So we're back on feelings again. It feels like, you know, you're not living in abundance and it doesn't feel good. And as somebody who's battled spending in his life, which is me, how I overcame it was again by combating it with a more juicy emotion. And that juicy emotion is every time I reach my hand out, I say, do I need this or do I want this? I never operated very well in budgets. Budgets didn't work for me. They felt bad. But when I just could go, is it a need or a want Then when I said it's a need, then I was able to get it. But if it was a want, it let me evaluate it. Is this want worth more than the want I have to be with my kids and the people I love? And that is that juicy emotion that made me make those decisions with pride and with honor, and it felt good. And that's what's helped me to overcome spending issues. And I believe America struggles with that, And this is a usable strategy because budgets have been around forever. And for, you know, I don't know anybody who's able to functionally operate, barely any people, except for that, you know, that accounting mind. Um, Most people can't operate well within a budget, but a needs and wants structure that has a great emotional cherry on the end of it, a family and people we love and making a difference in our community and having the ability to fulfill a higher purpose in our lives, all those different things are what we wrapped in to help people to combat this. So my goal was to give people a way either to increase income, but more importantly, to take with what they have right now and just have their life run more efficiently in terms of lifestyle choices and consumptive choices, which is something everyone can do.
0: Absolutely. And Stephanie and I, Stephanie, you're over there awful quiet. I'm sorry. Uh, but but we, we probably assumed that you would because you haven't uh, had a, as much time with the material but Stephanie, will you're you, a book hog. I am a book hog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I should have sent two. Sorry, you guys.
0: That's all right. But, if I
1: would have got my hands on it first, I'd be finished.
0: She would. <laughs> we went on vacation. She read five novels in in one week's time. So it, Wow. It, it, with a physical book in my hand, I usually can get through five chapters. You know, one chapter a month is typically what it takes me. <laughs> I, I want to just mention also that I love the fact that with the purchase of the book, you also give an audio version uh-huh. of the book as well uh, yeah. that that's how i actually you know i i read the first five chapters last night sitting on the couch
1: but you didn't read them but
0: i didn't I read them you read them to me
2: <laughs> oh really so yeah. you, you listened to my audiobook oh, well,
0: cool. well yeah so what i did is i went and i downloaded the mp3s put them on my iphone took the book set up on the couch and i had you read to me
2: that's great that's great so yeah that was quite a process doing an audiobook i i was just blown away what an exhausting process that was
0: yeah the only thing i would say um is if you could put all those together in a zip file Mm -hmm. so that we could download them with one right click save as and 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 stuff like that it took me probably about eight minutes longer than than it should have
2: oh okay well thanks thanks for the insight i'll talk I'll talk to my techie crew on that. Keep in mind, I am uh, I am tech, uh, du- uh, you know, I'm just not there, so I'll just have to talk to my team on that, and I have good support around me, so I was unaware of that. So no problem, and, and feel aware.
0: free to have them email me. I'll give them some free information. I'm sure they already know how to do it, but uh, just say, yeah. oh, I, I, Cliff brought up this awesome idea of, of just being able to download all of them at once, and and they'll know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: My guess is my tech guy is listening to this in the other room and at a mad scramble right because he knows I'll come in and ask him about it. So, <laughs> Very cool. probably sent up some red flags already.
0: Now now you you uh, I was listening to your interview with our g- great friend over here Carrie Runnels uh, from Words to Mouth over at wordstomouth.com She's and awesome, huh? she is awesome and uh, you recounted a story about your child and strawberries. And I would love for you to explain how you're teaching your children the family-first entrepreneur spirit.
2: Um, you know, it, it, you, you're going to laugh. Um, I, I've trained hunting dogs for um, bird hunting dogs since I was a, a kid. On my 12-year-old birthday, I got a, a book on on uh, training dogs, a shotgun, and a Labrador. And in Idaho, that's when you can hunt when you're 12. And So I've been training dogs for a long time. And one of the things that you train... Um, is that you use instincts, natural instincts, to uh, use as training tools. And so I kind of identified, I tried to identify what was the natural instinct that had, that with dogs you breed into them, but with small children that you just kind of have to enhance or encourage. What was the natural instincts, and And so what I identified in entrepreneurism was it was almost kind of that, 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 neat part of discovering a way to create something that you want monetarily. It's a very basic need in a child. They, they want things. They want toys. They want, um, you know, things that you go to the store. And, and, and that's, the constant, that's a constant asking situation. And so, yes, I, I do get things for um, my kids, but occasionally what I do with Jakin is I'll say, you know, Jake, and we we just got a toy last time. You're out of allowance. Um, I, I, you know, we provide $3 in allowance a week that he budgets and saves for particular things. And if there are larger things he wants, what I do is I help him with entrepreneurial endeavors um, to create um, the money that he wants for those. And keep in mind, too, when he gets that money, what we do is we break it up into three boxes. And this is an impact that I've seen a lot of people who have read both early copies And people have already written to me and said, wow, we're using the system. It's working great with our kids. And that's when they earn money that 70% of that money is for them to spend. Um, 20% of that money goes into an investment account. Investment, as I define it, is money to only be spent on making more money. Now, when you make more money from that money, it goes back into the general pool. 70% that they can spend on the profits of that. 20% goes back into the investment account. And um, the additional 10% goes to a charity of their choice. I want my kids to be used to supporting their community or things that they care about in a monetary way. I want them to to know what that spirit of generosity is all about. And so I just use teaching moments when they pop up. And, like, for example, um, at a yard sale we had last year, um, Jake wanted to make some money and sell some of his toys. And I said, that's great. Let's mark those out. Let's put them out there. They're your toys to sell. Um, That would be fine. I said, also, son, why don't we take your investment account money, go buy some brownie mix and some lemonade, and why don't we do some brownies and lemonade? Well, everybody comes across kids doing brownies and lemonade. But what I taught my son was how to use sales words and things that helped out. So uh, you imagine this, a four-year-old sitting in front of a little card table, and as people walked up to the yard sale, they were first in front of him, and he would say, hi, would you like a brownie and some refreshing lemonade? Um, And when he used the word refreshing, it just melted those people, and he made $28 uh, in brownies and lemonade at our yard sale. And he got to, again, use that 70% of that money for what he wanted. 20% went into the investment account and 10% into um, in, into his charity account. And so I use those little teaching moments to kind of motivate that instinct, um, which I've defined entrepreneurially, which is where we find creative ways to make money to get things that we want. As adults, we make responsible choices. We get things like time and we get things like, you know, those, those higher level stuff. But for these guys, they're just, you know, they're just got that basic level instinct. I want something. Here's what I have to do to do it. Wow. Cool. Look what dad showed me. Now I can get it on my own and it's empowered him. He's, he's really mindful of it.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to confess to you right now and to the entire audience listening to this in podcast form and in live form right now that, uh, and we're very transparent and authentic here, but you taught me this principle just, just as hearing it the second time because as you were talking and I often do this when I'm listening I'm processing and thinking how does this apply to who I am what I've been doing but one of the, Stephanie and I have been very good about you know giving 10% uh we've been trying to get better on saving personally you know so in our personal life putting money aside for our emergency fund and and stuff like that and and we've been very Effective at when it comes to the money for the business, making sure all the you know all everything's paid and that we never spend more money than we have. But what's really weird is I've never had an investment fund for the business that we're running. Uh, For example, uh, and what just came to my mind as you were talking about that, we sold some uh, some coffee mugs, very nice bistro mugs that you see. Uh, down on the right-hand side of the screen for those of you who are here live. And those are almost sold out, by the way. But anyway, um, very nice bistro mugs. It it, it t- took us an investment of about $500 to purchase those, and we got a couple cases of them in. And now we've made some money from them. But I was only, it, it took us forever before we could buy promotional products because I had to wait until there was extra money above paying all the bills and above paying my paycheck and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, now that all this money's come back in, now I'm tracking it, and I know how much profit has been made, but that all that money that's coming in, all that profit is being put right into the general fund of paying the bills and and also uh, paying my income. I, it, it just occurred to me that I need to create um, a, an investment fund for our business, for the growth of our business. How stupid am I for not thinking about that before?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, great. I'm gl- I'm really glad you know that you've become aware of that, and I I don't see you as stupid. I mean, again, yeah. Um, those those things, you know, God brings information into our lives when we're ready to hear it. Um, yeah. You know, I just I believe that wholeheartedly.
0: We we have actually started our business. I mean, the, the, podcasting from the ground up. We started with fifty five dollars worth of equipment. And we never bought anything. We'd never spend any money on marketing or pushing anything until that money was there. So we've always—it's always been until that money is there. But I love this idea of of taking the money that we've already invested in the mugs and saying, "Hey, let's take all the all the money that comes in from these mugs. Let's put it all back in investment. Let's hold this aside separately." So, yeah, thank you for that. And. Yeah. Uh, My pleasure. So, this book is great. You know, we could probably talk forever, but I know you have some other things that you want to be doing today on your launch day to promote your book, talking to other people. Um, If people, what, if you had the opportunity to speak to a couple thousand people out there, what is it that you want people to do next? Obviously, buy the book, but what else would you suggest people do moving forward?
2: Well, you know, participate in the blog at markwarnke.com. Um, you know, I have 29,000 people that follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm very responsive to people on Twitter when they, uh, you know, at me or DM me, um, uh, you know, uh, in, within the social space, uh, in Facebook, and all those different things. Um, you know, that's what I want people to do is to begin to uplift one another. Um, I'm a firm believer, in ONO we talk about, you know, if you're your business, then your business owns you. And uh, I want the entities of people seeking Ono and seeking to be better Family First Entrepreneurs to be the entities that this business centralizes around. Um, we are waiting to unveil our FamilyFirstEntrepreneur.com site um, as the book gains momentum. And, uh, you know, I want people participating in those communities. But the, the two central houses where they can do that with me is, is OnoBook.com and markhornkey.com and and uh, we're really looking to help people first and make money second. And, uh, you know, uh, I feel a duty to help to share this message. Because, again, my wife and I were just cookware salesmen at fairs and home shows, for crying crime and sakes. And with this committed long-term system that we used, we were able to, you know, become multimillionaires. Um, the interesting part is this God in my life has, has uh, you know, brought in some some really, um, challenging times to our cash flow and position because, you know, anybody who is basically in the game in these times um, right now in these in this perfect storm of the economy that we're in, if you were in the game, um, you know, you've taken some hits and we have too. Um, so, uh, you know, it's really interesting. I feel like it can relate more to um, wh- what the struggles that people are because I'm having them too uh, in terms of our investment portfolios and all that stuff. So... Um, yeah, I want people to communicate. I want people to uplift other people and to begin to stand on the platform of a family-first entrepreneur.
0: Very cool, Mark. Thank you so much for spending this time with us, and uh, and I'm certain that you and I will be in touch again sometime in the future.
2: Ah, it was a super pleasure, uh, Stephanie. It's Stephanie, right? Yes. Yeah, I look forward to hearing your insight. Um, eight. It's about seventy-five to eighty percent of the buyers of the book so far have been women, and. Um, um, I didn't anticipate that it would be that, that kind of a skew. So I would really like to hear from you as well, and and uh, you know let us know how we can support both you guys and, and continue to support one another. Uh, you know as we move forward with this really good cause. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much. You guys appreciate having me on, and I'll be going right from here into HQ and be online live at onobook.com throughout the day.
0: All right. We wish you all the best, and we'll be keep uh, we'll keep you in our prayers that you have a successful launch day.
2: Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye.
0: All right, Stephanie. That is uh, the end of that interview. I tell you, that was fun, wasn't it? Sure. (laughs) You didn't get a. That was
1: great. That
0: didn't get you didn't get to talk a whole lot, but seriously, no. But
1: I ran down. uh, I mean, I'm I'm really interested in reading the book. So I don't want it to sound like that, but I was completely running down my entire list of things that I could have been doing rather than sitting here looking bored.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry about that.
1: I don't think you are.
0: I am. Seriously. In fact, we're going to go record the intro to this podcast right now so we can talk about it and you can kind of share. I'm going to let you talk, I promise. Yeah, right. I know. But anyway, seriously, um, now on the Twitter ID, I think it is, is it Mark Warnke? Let me just take a look real quick and I'll let you know. That was twitter.com slash, and of course, Twitter's taken forever today. I think it's just twitter.com slash Mark, M A R C, Warnkey, W A R N K uh, e. e. Is that right?
1: Yeah. W A R N K E. I don't know if that's Twitter, but.
0: Yeah, I'm looking here. I. My Twitter list is all messed up as well. Yeah, they're taking too long. But anyway, uh, check that out. And uh, if not, okay, they're saying yes in the chat room as well. Anyway, whew, I, I just never mind. What <laughs> all the things you could be doing otherwise? <laughs> t- Sometimes your transparency is too much.
1: Well, no, I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to be a part of it. I enjoyed hearing what you know what he was saying. But I had nothing.
0: I I gotcha. Well, anyway. I kept
1: checking myself in the thing, and I'm like, I look bored out of my mind.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) about that. Well, I'll tell you what. We will um, be back again next week. Stephanie will have plenty to say. Uh, I I, I need to read faster, no doubt. But anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm reading the chat room now. But anyway, folks, check us out over at familyfromtheheart.com. Make sure to tell other people about this book. I think it's an excellent book. Um, also, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsor, Mardel.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Uh, remember, anything you purchase over there, books, audio, um, if you buy homeschooling supplies, teaching supplies for your Sunday school class, anything you purchase from them, 10% off by using promo code GSPN in the, sho- in the shopping cart. Anyway, uh, we'll be back again next week. I have no idea what the topic will be yet, but we'll come up with something. And uh, anyway, that's pretty much all I have. Do you have anything else, Stephanie? No, <laughs> did,
1: did you I want don't. to share anything? No, I'm good. I'm now, good. see,
0: this ending is going to sound really weird because for the next 15 minutes, you and I are going to talk. Right. And people are going to think, what are you talking about? At the beginning of the podcast, before I did have a great time, the-
1: time in the chat room with, with my friends.
0: There okay. you go. There we go. All right. Well, we're going to end now so that we can go record what you're what you heard before the interview. <laughs> Talk to you later. Until next time, join, join the-, the community. Look, you can't even, even say that join was the- messed up. I know. Uh, oh well. It is what it is. Thanks, guys.